The winds of change are coming to Philadelphia. Danny Briere is at the helm. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 152 of Orange and Back Check. Thank you for joining us. It's good to be back. Been about a couple weeks here since we last talked to you. Glad you are with us as always. And the other counterpart to this natural voice that you hear, my one and o- the one and only Scott Weinhardt. What's going on, brother? You know, you, you come up with a really good saying at the beginning with the winds of change. Fantastic song by St. Lucia. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard it before, but I'm jamming to it as we speak. You hear it playing in the background. Just a very long intro. I was hoping to hit the post there, which is a radio term, but that didn't happen. So yeah. here we go. You've been out of the radio industry way too long. You forget I know. To hit the I'm post. terrible. You have forget yeah, to I, hit the post. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, a little techno beat. Sounds like you hear something like Old Navy or some shit like that. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good jam. But, yeah, man, everything's good here. Everything's good here. I uh, don't know if we talked about it last time, but uh, we actually won our hockey league championship last season. So, uh, yeah, that was really fun, man. That you was really are more a of, of a winner than the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, and that's the thing. I've, I've won a championship more recently than the, the, the both the Philadelphia Flyers and the Dallas Cowboys and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I did. You know what? Yeah. Do you I, want, that puts me on a pedestal. I mean, I know we haven't. We, we the last time we recorded was in the early rounds of the playoffs. Do you want to take 20 seconds to just like. No, we 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 did it after Toronto got eliminated. This we, did, we, we right around okay. the long time that when Toronto got eliminated. I'm just happy to say this, like, not happy because you never want to see anyone lose their job. But the fact that Toronto dumped Kyle Dubas and went after a guy like Brad Living, I, I like that move. I really, really do because look, Toronto is at a crossroads here because they've got one year left on Mitch uh, sorry, on Austin Matthews deal. And William Nylander's need a deal, and they really need to. They're not going to be able to keep Austin Matthews. They're just not going to. He's going to hit free agency, and he's going to get a lot of money somewhere else. It's not about you know you you. It, the fact that Dubis took him six years to win a playoff round, and they act like they win the Stanley Cup after doing that, just tells you all I need to know. That look, the the guy might be a good analytic Billy Bean type guy, but the, but you know what. And yes, he might have family that was in the hockey industry for a long time and might have a good background, not discounting his knowledge at all. But the fact it took you that long with that much talent to win one playoff series is 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 abysmal. And they would never put up with here in Philadelphia. And the fact that he's going to Pittsburgh now, I mean, good luck cleaning up that shit show because they want to run out the contracts of Latang, Malkin, and Crosby, and they have nothing in the future. So that team is heading back to where they were in the 90s once Crosby and Malkin are out of there. So, I mean, it's uh, an even, not even just Crosby and Malkin, just Crosby in general. So if, if Sidney Crosby retires at some point in the next couple of years, they don't have enough around them to really stay competitive, I don't think, much longer. They So, I mean, good luck cleaning that up. Nah, that's all I got to say. Uh, I mean, look, as and as we get into the Flyers here, uh, like there is a scenario where this is like prime time real estate to start a rebuild like you are with the Flyers or like try and retool however however you want to phrase it. Like this is the time because in like you said, in a couple of years here, 
Pittsburgh is going to fall off. Washington might fall off. You don't know what Washington the future did fall off. Yeah. Washington's done. Well, yeah, Washington yeah, yeah, yeah. did fall off. Uh, but you never know what's going to happen. Any any time that you have a guy named Alex Ovechkin on your team, it could change on this. Uh, it can Correct. change on a dime, despite how Correct. how he's aging each year, obviously. So, but there is an opportunity here, despite the success of the Devils and and the Islanders, all that good stuff. I don't know, Bill. I, I think there's going to be some changes coming up this upcoming season. I really think you're going to start seeing some movement around divisions. I mean, look, the rumors are right now that Mike Babcock might be going to coach the Columbus Blue Jackets. If that's the case, that team is going to become better quickly. Um, I, I really think the Red Wings aren't fall off, far off. I mean, there's rumors out there now of a trade for Vili Husso for Connor Hellebuck. Uh, that would be really interesting to see. If that happens, I really think that Detroit takes a step up. They're knocking on the door. The Senators, they're in a weird boat, but I think they have a lot of talent. They can, If they can straighten a couple things out, uh, especially now with Jacob Chikrin there, uh, I think they could probably do some damage. The Sabres, they're the next team that's really coming up to beat. So that, that division at the Atlantic is going to get very competitive next season. And here's the thing. I, 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 I look at the Metro, and you already have the Hurricanes who are the cream of the crop in the division. There's no question. The Rangers... After that first round this year, I really don't know what to make of them. I don't know why everybody thought they were Stanley Cup contenders this year. I just they 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 never showed enough push really in in that series and, and to kind of get bow out the way they did. What wasn't you know wasn't the best of things to be able to do that. Um, you know, get especially against the Devils being up three one in that series too. Uh, let's see the Islanders. They're always fifty fifty. The Penguins are on are on the downswing. The Capitals are on the downswing, and the Penguins are in downswing because they have problems with their cap because they have Michael Granlund for two years. They have Jeff Carter on the roster. They're tied up with a lot of bad money. Uh, the Flyers, this is prime opportunity for them to really take a step forward this year and really push for a playoff spot. Now, like, I know we're not even at July 1st yet, but I've maintained for 12 months now on this, on this, on this show, and you can go back and quote me on that, I really thought if this team were 100% healthy last year, they would have made a push for the playoffs. They would have made the playoffs. I think this upcoming season, again, I'm not being speak because I am a, you know, we do a podcast in the Flyers and stuff. I legitimately look at this team and say, okay, Cam Atkinson's going to come back healthy. Sean Couturier is going to come back healthy. Travis Konecki, if he can keep that up. If they figure out what they're going to do with Kevin Hayes and what they're going to replace him with, probably maybe Tyson Forrester or something, someone younger. Maybe on defense, maybe give Cam York more minutes and you trade Ivan Provorov. I think that this team is competitive enough and fights hard enough to not do what the Panthers are doing right now and being the Cinderella team. No, they're not even close to that. But I really think they have an opportunity here to do what the Devils did this past year and really surprise people and turn it around quicker than people think. They don't have that high-end talent. We know that. But I think if you get enough more scoring on this team and you don't trade Carter Hart, which would be an asinine move to do in the first place. This team has potential to really take a huge step forward this year and really show people that, you know what? Yes, they're not prime Stanley Cup contenders as of yet. You still have a lot of work to do. But you know what? It's a step in the right direction and, and building this team for it. I think that opportunity, the way this division is going to line up next season, it seems like it could be ripe for the taking. Yeah, and you know, going the obvious uh, two that are on the trade block are, as you said, Ivan Provorov and Kevin Hayes. But earlier in the month, uh, or late May, there was an interesting quote that new general manager Danny Briere said, where he said, I would, 
I would say most likely Carter is going to be our goalie of the future. Now, I'm not in a position to turn down anything. If there are teams calling about him, we have to listen. That's my job as a general manager. I have to listen. I have to do what's best for the team and the organization. Now, look, I agree with you. I think it would be pretty crazy to trade Carter Hart on June 28th, the first day of the draft or whatever, like around that time. However, if we're if you and I are doing a podcast on the night of the 28th, going, holy crap, they traded Claude, or they traded Claude Giroux, they traded Carter Hart, I would not be shocked at all. Like, I, we are at a point with the team where Danny Breer has to answer the questions that were left to him because Chuck Fletcher did a really piss poor job of this. What is the timeline of this team to be a contender again? Is it before Carter's contract runs out or is it after? Because if it's after, you have to consider trading him a little bit more heavier than what Danny Breer is currently leading on to. At the end of it, though, I don't. I think he stays here. I think you have to be absolutely blown away. Because also, you have to consider what contending team Edmonton like can use him. So Carter Hart, I'm referring to. I mean, yeah, I know. But where are you going to get? What, what, okay, here's here's the kicker. This is this is if you're really going to talk about Carter Hart. And we're really going to have this conversation. First of all, if they're trading a guy like Carter Hart, they're idiots. Granted, I understand they've got to listen to any offer on the table. I understand that. But they're idiots because you build from the back to the front. Okay? What has been the Achilles heel of this organization since, eh, I want to say, 1976? Yeah, every every year since. Yeah, exactly. The goalie. goalie. It's the, the goal. So, however, you know, you, the the, I mean, the the they think they have golden blue chip prospects in the pipeline in Felix Sandstrom. Uh, uh, Felix Sandstrom's not an NHL goaltender. Sorry, they he's not. think he is. He's though. not a starting goaltender in the National Hockey League. And if anybody thinks that, they're not watching him closely enough. He's not a starting goaltender in the National Hockey League. Plain and simple. Sam Erson might be a different story. Sam and Fedotov. They still well, we don't know in, what's going to happen, with but Fetitov. they still believe in him because of his performance in the KHL. And they've mentioned a couple other uh, at least one other goalie that they have in the pipeline. Now, thankfully, they the have goalies a, are pretty awesome. I will say yeah, that. Right. Russian goalies are fantastic. So like, Andre Vasilevsky, Sergei Bobrovsky. So I get where Ilya Sorokin, I get where you're coming from in the sense of we've been waiting for this for the better part of a decade or excuse me of, of a century for the better part of 50 years half a century been waiting for a good goalie to grace the pipes of the Philadelphia Flyers and just because you have one that has had only one down season in his four or five seasons as a flyer i think people are becoming in love with carter without realizing like his value is might be might be better off on another team at this point because you don't know how good yes to your cam atkinson coming back a healthy coots coming back does make this team better but you also don't know how healthy they are and i we've beaten that drum numerous times on this podcast so i think like put a a percentage chance it's less than 25 percent, but it's still a possibility Okay, so 
here's how I would look at this. First of all, if you're talking about Carter Hart, let, let, let's, let's take a look back at the Flyers' history. They've been having trouble finding that established number one goaltender since Bernie Prompt got injured and ended his career. So then they went to, uh, you know, uh, uh, Doug Favell, you know, you had Bob Rose, you had, you had Pete Peters carry in 1980, Pelly Lindbergh comes along, carries you in 84, unfortunately passes away. And then you have Hextall coming in, and Hextall, they wind up trading him away in the Lindros deal, going through Tommy Soderstrom, Dominic Roussel, we've both spoken with, going back to Hextall, Garth Snow. You go and get Sean Burke when those two underperform. Sean Burke doesn't do anything for you. He's god awful as a flyer, his first tour. You go back, and instead of signing Curtis Joseph, you sign that very man right behind me in that jersey on that wall, John Van Beesbrook, which I'm not complaining about, by, by the way. Because not only do I have the hell, I've got the helmet, too. So, yeah, I'm a big <laughs> Beezer fan. So I'm not complaining that they didn't sign him instead of uh, Joseph instead of him. But, you know, according to Curtis Joseph back in the day, that was something that he really thought he was coming to Philadelphia, and they took the bargain bin because Roger Nielsen really believed in Van Beesbrook. So then it happens where then you go to Boucher and Bush, you know, has a great rookie season. Then after Bush falters, you have Czech Monik. And after Czech Monik, you go to Jeff Hackett. And after Hackett, you go to Robert Esch. And after Esch, you go to Nenemaki. And after Nenemaki, you go to Biron. And Biron and Emery. Emery's hurt. You have Leighton, who carries you to the Stanley Cup final along with Brian Boucher. And then after those two, you go to Sergei Bobrovsky. You give up on Bobrovsky, you go up Brzgala. Brzgala doesn't work out. You go to Steve Mason. After Steve Mason... I, you, I, hang, on, hang on, let me. I don't want to ruin point. your flow. Continue, but, go. I, mean, I was going there too. Yeah, you went from Steve Mason, Michael Neuvert, then you went to Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott didn't work out. Now you finally like, oh wow, what's the big problem we've had? We've been recycling these goddamn goalies for so long. Now we have a guy who we really believe in. Let's bring him in. Oh, we don't want to rush him. We don't want to rush him. We don't want to rush him. Okay, we're gonna bring him up here finally. And now you want to talk about trading the goddamn kid when you finally have someone that actually can backstop someone. You're actually developing someone. You're actually doing it. That's part one. You build from back to front when you rebuild, okay? You build, you start with your goaltending, you get a solid goaltender. You can't go out and acquire good goaltenders often. You really, really can't. They don't move often. And let's look at the most compar the comparable trade that you can make. If you're making a case of arguing for trading Carter Hart, okay, what's the value you're going to get out of it? Yes, he's your best player. Teams would give up a lot for a goaltender. But go back to what Darcy Kemper fetched, okay? Darcy Kemper, okay? Darcy Kemper was the last big time goalie that was traded. I'm not listen. Maybe I'm a maybe I'm old school. I don't even call Darcy Kemper big time, but he was the right move. He had established. It took him a while to get established in the NHL. Played a long time with the Wild. Hopped around a little bit. Finally settled in with the Coyotes and established himself as a number one goalie. Goes and gets traded to the Colorado Avalanche. For a first round pick in 2022, a conditional third in 2024, and a player. So you're talking three assets right there for one, a player on a one year deal, a 30 year old goaltender on a one year deal. Now it paid off because you won the Stanley Cup. So there you go. It makes sense. But you gave up that much for a goalie that was 10, 11, and three. With a 907 in 27 games, you gave up that much. So the question is, you're looking at that as Danny Breer and saying, wait, Darcy Kemper fetched that much to Arizona? Okay, what can I get for Carter Hart? The question is, is a team going to pony up that much 
for a guy like Carter Hart. Because if that's the case, you don't start any less than their top prospect, another prospect, and a first-round draft pick. And that's just to start the conversation if you're me. But yet again, I'm not Danny Briere. You know? No, you I'm, have to get a player. You have to get a ready-to-go. You have to get an NHL-ready player, NHL a ready player, prospect, and a first-round pick. That, there's no question. Because that's how much value there is. Because if Darcy Kemper's first catching you a first, a third, and a player, Carter Hart is much more, much better goaltender at this point in his career than what Darcy Kemper was at this point in his career. So that's that's the key that these rumors keep popping up. Now, granted, Danny's going to listen, but any competent person in hockey knows that you have to rebuild from back to front. They have a lot of pieces up front. The weakest area they have is probably defense, to be honest with you. So they got to figure out what they're doing there because if you're going to trade Provrov, you have a massive hole. You spent a lot of time trying to fill over the past couple seasons. Ryan Ellis after Matt Niskanen left. You already have problems there. Now that becomes the question. So well, they believe in Sanheim for well, whatever reason. The, for whatever reason, despite the like, I don't think that contract. We're, I think we're going to look back in ten years after after that contract has run out over. Uh, after, it's eight years, so there's seven years left. Or no, there's eight years left. Eight years. It starts this year. It starts this year. I I think we're going to look at that and go, what the hell were we thinking? And then we have to remember that Chuck Fletcher was the GM and set us back whatever amount of years it could but every team has those contracts that's why you're going to dump off kevin hayes at some point he's going to get traded to columbus so that, that'll probably happen but it has to. probably there has to be splashes we have to see a splash and i think danny Breer is prime and understands that you don't make a splash just to make a splash but you have to do something here to for keith and we talked about this on the last episode when keith jones was named as president these two have to do something to get the trust back with the team or with the fans. And that sometimes involves taking steps back. It's why the Sixers worked in 2012, whatever it was, when Sam Hinkie just said, we're stripping this down to the studs underneath the studs and just going uh, to see what we can do with it. Right. They went on full fire sale. The Flyers yeah, aren't doing that. I don't think the Flyers will do that, but there's going to be something here. Like you said, Provorov leaves a giant hole on your blue line, but... They believe in they they like it's not a Ronnie Adder, but they believe in young guys like Ronnie Adder, like that with those like those that that caliber. Just and Cam York had a really good season. As soon as Cam York came up, he earned his spot. And despite my hot take of just leave him, he should have been starting game one uh, of last season under under Torts. I was obviously wrong. He played fantastic as soon as he got. I don't remember when he was called up, but he had like 20, 30 games, maybe a little less under his belt in the AHL. And he's one of Torts' guys now. If he's not, he's right on the cusp of it. Well, and here, here's the here's the catch. Sometimes you take a step back to get a step forward. Do they really have a top prospect in the system to replace Prorop at this moment? I don't believe so. I don't I don't believe they have it. But I do believe that they have by you know, as far as they, they don't have an Aaron Eckblad like Florida does. They don't have an Alex Petrangelo like Vegas does. They don't really have a Morgan Riley like, you know, Toronto does. You know what I mean? Like Toronto, Morgan Riley has his flaws, but he can really push the pace and add to that offense. But I think he gets a lot of support up front. And actually, pro, and the reason I bring up Toronto is because pro has been linked there. And that like Winnipeg and all those places. But you can't win without playing good defense in the National Hockey League, especially around the playoff time. I mean, you can't just leave it on your goaltender. 
You got to play full team defense. You can get away, you can get away with it with one by committee, but you know they at some point the Flyers have to have themselves an established number one defenseman. Like when they had Chris Pronger, you need a Victor Hedman, you need an Aaron Ekblad, you need an Alex Petrangelo, you need an Eric Carlson. You know Carlson, yes, he's less defenseman, but he puts up a hundred points. So my God, like you know that definitely is a top pair. Like you know Shea Weber in his prime, even Crystal Tang in his prime. Those are the types of players you you, you need on your team. I don't know if they have that internally right now. Now, if they do make a move for a Provorov type deal, I don't think it would expect something like, you know, you go out and you do a salary trade for like a Yuri Laterra, so that you're trading for picks when you traded Braden Shen. I think you actually can get some decent value out of it. Maybe a pick, maybe a player, depending on what it is. And then you fill the holes in free agency. And I think this team is really going to give some of the younger guys a shot. I don't. I would not be surprised if you see Tyson Farr, they, they fill up the holes internally. I don't think they'll have that big splash move where it's like, wow, what a big trade, hockey trade that was. I think they're going to be more, instead of blockbusters, more like hockey trades. Okay, we traded Provorov out. We took a little salary back for someone. Or Hayes, we retained 50% of the salary to get it off our books and rebuild from there. Because now that you have some of the younger guys on the roster, you have that flexibility. Okay, for instance, say you have Tyson Forrester coming up, and he's going to use uh, you know the first year of his contract, okay? So he comes up, you got three years left on that Hayes deal, boom, hold 50%, you're covered with that. And by the time that that contract comes off your books for Kevin Hayes, then you can re-up Tyson Forrester if he performs. So that's the type of thing that you have to start thinking of at this point. Yeah, but you can get, you can. what I think we'll see is, yes, I guess it counts as a hockey trade, not a big splash trade to what your definition is. Like, I think Provorov gets you a prospect that's looking for a change of scenery that might flourish under under a guy like Torts, like kind of like a uh, like like Ivan Provorov's a great defenseman. Like I, I like I don't think there's a reasonable Flyers fan that will look at Provorov and not say that he is a great B to B plus uh, player. He's, he's on a one A. He's a one. He's he's a, he's, he's, a, he's a number two, number I, three. I agree. He's on the cusp of being a blue a um an A type player. Like I really believe that. But I don't think it will ever be here. Like wherever he goes, whether it's Columbus, um, Toronto, I, you know what? I know you're not going to like this. If he goes to Toronto, they're instantly a very good team. Yeah, like all they're already a good team. They are a very good to great team with Ivan well, Provorov. Okay, and okay, but here's the trade off. If the, the only way they be able to do that is if they trade Nealander. It's the only way they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, you have to get like you, you can't I'm just say that they degrade their offense for that. For and then they have to figure out what they're doing in goal because obviously they're not going to bring Matt Murray back, and also they got to figure out what they're going to do with Ilya Samsonov if he's the guy. Or they're going to go with um, uh, uh, Jacob Wall. So you know I. Look, we we can debate a lot of this stuff and 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 speculate. I mean, really, that's what we're doing. To be honest with you, is speculating. But the key is, is like, you know, you talk about what the fans want to see. The trust, the trust is making the right moves. And listen, don't forget, we keep talking about Briere, but Jonesy's going to be a really big piece as well. And if anybody's got more of the inside track of what the teams are he like, does but Jonesy? He's, he's. I don't want to call him an advisor, but he is letting Briere do what he needs to do. Like, Correct. But with, they're doing it by committee with his. But I, I don't, I oh, see. I don't like that because then collaboration. I get it, but like that still scares the shit out of me because then we're talking about how much tentacles or influence is in that building with the likes of Bobby Clark and and and, and Paul Holmgren and that old duo or old trio where 
they look at anything written by really good beat reporters like Anthony Sanfilippo or anyone at Crossing Broad or excuse me, um, uh, Broad Street Hockey. These guys are bad news bears. Like you cannot have them influenced. Look, I'm not but saying. But I'm going back to the conference when they said it's going to be the the clear. So it's going to be Dan Hilferty, Val Camillo. That's be, good. That's fine. And, and that's going to be, and then Danny, and then, uh, and then, and then, and then Jonesy. But the, the key, the key is this: is like you want that collab because you want Jonesy's input because you want Jonesy He's knowing, extremely but it, intelligent, right? Because there might be something where, like, you know, I don't know, he might know something of a player that might not that might be available that may not be fully out there yet. By the way, go ahead. Is it not weird that Jonesy is? I don't. I. I was he on no, the game I one coverage? No, I know what you're going to say. He's doing it. Yes, he wasn't game That's one coverage. That's so weird. It's not because he did request to finish out the season, which the Flyers approved. Interesting. Okay. I mean, because that, that, that's a big thing to do for the broadcast. And then the fact that he's taking another job like that, the fact that he's finishing it out, I respect the hell out of it. I think that's a thing only in hockey. Like, you know, like, yeah, I don't I, think. I mean, what about, uh, what about, uh, what was it, football? Uh, who was that? Um, I think Sean Payton? Matt, no, Sean Payton was one, but Matt Ryan's another one. Matt Ryan's not really retired, but he's going to be in the booth. And then who was the other person that went yeah, back? Yeah, but he doesn't it- have an active job. Like Keith Jones has technically an active job right now, in addition to his broadcasting skill, like his broadcasting responsibilities. Hey, good for him. Good for him. He's finding more input down there. You know exactly. I mean? Like at the end of it, I'm not. I'm not upset. It's just. It's just. It's, it's odd. odd to me. It's like, odd, but you know, it's because I forget what game he was covering. It wasn't the Stanley Cup final, obviously, but it was. No, it was he East- covered game one. No, no, no. I'm saying like when I noticed he was on the on oh, okay. the, on on the rink side, and I'm like, that's just like he was just named two weeks yeah. ago at the time or whatever it was. So yeah, well, I don't know. Wayne Newton ring the bell over in uh, in Vegas. You know what's siren. funny? Not to go on this another sidetrack. My <laughs> Heather and I, my wife, we were at a show down in um at Parks Casino, and Wayne Newton is going to be performing there. This is the second time I've heard Wayne Newton's name. I, for the longest time, thought Wayne Newton has been dead for at least six years. Like he's, he's like just Keith Richards. He's immortal. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> the, guy, the, the only thing that will survive nuclear wars are, are, are cockroaches, <laughs> Keith Richards, and Wayne Newton. I mean, come on, man. It's Wayne when Keith Newton. Richards finally passes, we're going to find the cure to every living disease. <laughs> In cu- including COVID nineteen, uh, yeah, that yeah, yeah, Ozzy too, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all right, before we discuss the other, I mean, I don't think there's going to be too many other moves, but obviously there's some big news regarding next season and some outdoor games. But first, this episode of Orange and Backjack, as always, is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings Sportsbook. Light the lamp during this final round of the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a five dollar bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Are you still riding? I I don't think the sun has set or the chariot has turned into a pumpkin yet on the Florida Panthers. I think Bob Grofsky had one bad game. I think he's going to come back and uh, turn it around here. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline. I am, oh, excuse me, or visit Gambling Helpline MA.org in New York. Call 877-88-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort KS. 21 plus in most eligible states. 
but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after, your, after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.com. Excuse me, terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. You think the has the sun set on, on Florida? Or is there magical run over Absolutely yet? Absolutely there is. And I don't know why you think that Bobrovsky had a bad game the other night. Well, I don't he think lost. He, well, it doesn't mean you have a bad <laughs> game. I mean, you can win games and have bad ones. I didn't think Aiden Hill played that great in the second and third period. I mean, yes, he had the miraculous save. Yes, but I think people overvalue that. There's a couple of shots that I saw. I mean, look, the Panthers hit like four posts the other night, and Hayden Hill was reacting late. I, I, I look, I'm not a huge fan of Hayden Hill. I didn't like him when he was really with the with the Coyotes. I didn't like him when he was with the Sharks. Um, not a huge fan of him. I don't think he plays his size well, but maybe that's why Sean Burke is working with him now. Even though I trashed him earlier, um, you know it's true. But a, it an idea like it's. But I thought Bobrovsky played very well. Just a couple of bad chances that just, you know, through screens, that one play by Mark Stone, which was still, if you ask me, a high stick. Um, and Aiden Hill was struggling. He just was fighting him off the puck a couple times. I I don't know. I think the Panthers still have uh, lightning in the tank. And I think that once if they can pull out game two, the game's ongoing as I speak. If they can pull out this in Vegas tonight, I really think they sweep at home. I, I I know it sounds crazy. I just I just think that they what's the what's the format? Two two three two? Uh no two home two, two three. one one one. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. That's yeah. the smart way to do it. Okay. Yeah, good. absolutely. I just think that I think that if they can if they can win at home, that mean look, th- that was the that was Florida's first road loss in the playoffs last game. It was, and that was after a 10-game layoff where they had a poor first period and then really started coming around and playing their game in the second and third. I, I just think that, that they have a game underneath them and they just, you know, button things up here. They're going to get a couple through Aiden Hill, and it, it's just going to, you know, not ruin the guy's confidence, but it's going to give Florida more confidence to be able to pepper at him. Yeah, I mean, that's all they need. I mean, they they they've already beaten the best team in the in the league this year in Boston. So they they Exactly. It just took them a couple games to do it. Oh. Oh man, I thought it was close. Hit the uh, all right. Well, before we wrap, and I know we t- I teased at the mo- right before the read that we'll do a. I don't think there's. I I think we covered what this offseason is going to look like at this moment. Provorov, Hayes, whatever you do in the draft, maybe Carter Hart. They like made some I don't shafting changes last week. I mean, they got they yeah, yeah, but that yeah. I mean, they you know moving on from the Alan McCauley's new assistant GM, and you have Riley Armstrong and um, Nick Schultz and player development. And you get rid of a guy like Shell Samuelson who's been, you know, a lifer with the league. So if you're not telling me that a guy who's been around the, the the team that long is moving on, you know, it's it's a it's it's interesting. So you know, who knows? They have three assistant GMs now, which is kind of wacky, but you know, it is what See, it is. See, that's a lot of GMs. I mean, I I, I know final decision is is Briere, but. It's a lot of voices in the room, and I that just scares think they're the trying something different. Well, you know what? Here's the thing: like they have their own GM. Like a lot, the, the trend is is that more of like the AGM is more or less like someone who could run the day to day on the AHL franchise, and I think that's what the model they're looking at. Because especially because be they're always in cap hell, they have to get out of this cap hell again. Not cap hell, but you think of it this way: you want the players in the AHL to develop, not just be like, oh yeah, we need them, call them up, call them up. You, you want to make sure your team is, you know, you have someone close to the ground and say, hey, look, 
You might want to call this guy up. They're in a bit of a push, but we might want to call this guy up or call this. Look, I, I think that I think when you have more people, when you're not overloading people in one seat, like with all due respect, like when you have Chuck Fletcher in both the president of hockey ops and the general manager seat, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. It, it's, yeah. And that's it's what they've been doing forever. I mean, it was Holmgren. It was it was Bobby Clark. It was uh, it was all these guys. Right. And now you have a couple guys who are going to be running. You know, either one's going to be on salary cap. The other one's going to probably just run the the Phantom Show and what goes on there. By all means, let them do it. Let let them really do it. They'll really get some more eyes on the talent to make sure that we're you know they're doing this thing right. Uh, and finally, to wrap, I mean, this is become every other year it seems for the Flyers. They're heading back outdoors this time up. They're going up to. Uh, the Meadowlands take on the New Jersey Devils uh, in the stadium series up at MetLife. Despite being a crap team or a perceived crap team, they always draw an audience. So like, thoughts early on. I, and this is a unique one because they're bringing their – I guess they're going to try and call it Rivalry Week, Rivalry Weekend, uh, something. I don't know because it's going to be Jersey versus the Flyers on the first night. And then that following afternoon, it's the uh, New York teams, Rangers and, and Islanders. Uh, also at MetLife, I think this is a great idea. I know we were talking in the pre in the prep about the whole outdoor game concept being a um, watered down situation. I, I, despite how I say that every year, I'm gonna watch it every single time the Flyers are in it. Hundred percent, I will too. There's no there's no question. I they've watered it down in a sense where you have like two different stadium series games, all this hype up. And then the winter classic, it, it makes the winter classic lose its value. Yeah. That's the, the, the winter classic has the completely been watered down and destroyed. Right. That's the difference with the stadium series does. I kind of like what they're doing with it now. Like they'll have the winter classic between Vegas and Seattle, which I think in Seattle, which I think is pretty cool. Okay. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm assuming I, it's going to be out where it. the Seahawks play, right? I believe so. And in uh, Quest Field or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. Um, it's a loud stadium. I know that. Um, loudest in the league right next to Arrowhead. But I like the fact that it's literally like a stadium series. Like it's not just, hey, we're going to have one game and a bunch of activities that nobody else really knows the hell's going on here. No, it's a series. It's Flyers, Devils, Islanders, Rangers. Like, I think that's actually really cool that they're doing that on back-to-back days. Like, you're and not only maximizing the revenue for the league, by using the stadium twice and all that stuff. It's just more or less like, you know, you have a lot of fans congregating around there in that weekend, a lot of hockey people. It's like, a, it feels like it's going to be like a full, like festival type deal. Like, have a, you been up I, there? Have you been up to MetLife? The Meadowland? Metal yeah, Metal you know, I've been past it. I went to the horse track right around the corner from there before, um, but I've never been actually in the, in the Meadowlands. I hear it's a dump. It is. Oh, it's, it, it's a complete shit show. Yeah. I they, they just, op- they finally opened up after like, I think older than you and I, uh, that American Dream Mall out there, like that'll that'll get a ton of business, I'm sure. But like, there's not there's hotels, there's a random New Jersey Transit that will like it'll drop you off right there on the stadium grounds. Like you just w- walk over. I don't know. Like I- I'll watch it, like I said. But unless you and I get a press pass, I'm I'm never going to one of these games. Like that that's you know. I went to the one in 2019 with the put the link. Yeah, I was at that one. Down. Yeah, I was at that, that one. That the was press weird, pass. Yeah, I, mean, I I paid for the tickets. My buddy and I went, but it was I mean it was it was expensive. But it was, I mean that was a good one because they finally won the fucking game. Well, because they were down three to one, and then they came back to win the damn thing. It was just it was cl- it was awesome. And like, and it's who's funny last because, game? I, I mean, you know the answer to this, knowing you, but just just in case you somehow forget, whose last game was that? Wayne Simmons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
It was Wayne Simmons' last game. And here's the crazy part. I remember with like a couple minutes left, I'm saying like I'm watching I'm watching Voracek. And I, I'll admit, I was one of those guys who used to rip Voracek a lot because my whole thing was if you don't play good defense, I'm going to get on your ass about it. When he played a lot better than Vigneault, and I gave him credit for it. But I, I like I like a winger who can get back in the play. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, my God, Jake. Like, Jake, like, is trying to do three moves in defensive zone and trying to get around Malkin, and Malkin strips the puck away from him. I'm like, oh, my God, what are you doing? I'm like, well, they just trade this freaking guy. This is ridiculous. I can't watch this shit. So he, Voracek goes and ties the game. And the guy, like, a couple seats below me is wearing a Voracek jersey. You know, he can definitely hear me. I was all liquored up and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I got a couple drinks that game. So I'm yelling a little more usual. It's outside. It's, you know, all that. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget this. And the guy, he scores the goal, and I'm going nuts. And then, uh, what's it called? He turns around, and the guy goes, you want to trade him now? And I was like, get out of here. Well, in the beginning of overtime, Jake made a really bad turnover that almost cost him the game. And I yelled down at the guy and said, that's why I want to trade him. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's the every day. But it was, it was a fun experience. Like, you know, seeing Gritty come in on the, fall, on the, on the yep. line and all that stuff. Top. Like, Yep. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Like he also went streaking, scarred me for life. I could have done without the rain. I'm not gonna lie to you. That did oh, well, kind of put a damper yeah. on it. The rain sucked. That was right before, uh, and that was right before Harper signed with the Phillies. Because I remember sitting in the press box, there was a giant banner right right in front of the press box that uh, draped down, and it said "Bring Harper, Harper to the Phillies," something like that. Because it was it was in the midst of that. Because that was February, early uh, March. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I'm excited. Uh, I'm always going to be excited for these kind of games, is, and whenever the Flyers are in it. But to the point that it's watered down, I I'll tune into the Seattle uh, Vegas one. I think it'll be fun, especially if Vegas wins the Cup uh, this season. But like, and it's two really expansion teams. See. I don't. I I want to see Florida win it. Like, I, oh, yeah. if if I'm being honest, I want to see Florida win it. I have a uh, hot take. I need it to will be you. funny because it would be the year after they traded traded with us for Giroud to try and push them over the top. Yeah. Now without yeah. Giroud, they get that's it. That's what happens. It's, that's what happens. I mean, I mean, look here. I, I, I'm going to take a hot take. I, I think it's ridiculous that it's the second year or the fifth year of in existence for the yeah the the fifth the sixth season or whatever, and they're at the second final. I mean. <laughs> I, I, it just drives me nuts I, I, I don't I, think you would feel that way if the flyers were contenders i don't i don't think you would, i, I wasn't born in the 70s so i couldn't tell you no no no. But, i'm saying no i'm saying if the flyers today were contending for the cup and like they lost to the panthers or they lost to boston i don't think like i think this is just you as jaded because Pan, the vegas knights have been better team for the no, last six seasons listen, than the flyers they were, no and here's why they were well constructed like there was a good expansion draft I'm, no my, my point is this is like there was an article that came out the other day like like the vegas fans unwavering never wavered and you know what they're oh thing. yeah like, shut the fuck up yeah well that's my point yeah, no like that i'm saying like you don't know what it's like to go through tough times. You yeah. weren't an Atlanta Thrashers <laughs> fan, like you weren't a Columbus Blue Jackets fan. You didn't go through those expansions. You did the, the you know the the Minnesota Wild. You know you, you come into the league with a pretty dope ass roster with some really good talent, and you go out and you get good talent. Now credit Bill Foley for doing all that, and and George McPhee for building this thing the right way. But it just drives me nuts. It's like, man, a, a team has been in the league for five years and they're already making their second finals appearance. Like, 
okay, <laughs> I, I, I get it. Like, you know, but it's just, it's like, man, like, you know, so what next year, the Kraken are going to get to the final now because they're built. Well, like it just, they it's, might. it's, it's frustrating. No, no, it, it's frustrating in a sense. Like, I, I don't want to see Vegas win the cup. Like, I'm sorry. Like a team like Florida, you know, who went through the, the, the run in 96 and has been struggling to get back ever since like that fan base deserves it. You know what I mean? They, Sorry, they've earned it. Like Vegas, show me a bad time, a bad season yet. I think you've made that failed to make the playoffs once in your whole and 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 uh, their whole existence. Yeah, and been you a know, really good team, unwavering. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> excuse me, I, I just, I don't know. And it, it, maybe it's you know, old man yells at cloud type thing, which probably it is a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, it's a smidge, this smidge. Maybe it's a little bit of jealousy smidge there too um, <laughs> yeah, see? you know and, and you know saying. there is a, but no I, it, listen if they win it it's cool it really is cool if vegas wins it I, I just i gravitate to more teams that are like you know what you don't expect them to be there and then they're there and then they 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 just kick run through everybody because they just they don't the bt like vegas has been in first place vegas has been there before vegas has had every opportunity and granted it just it drives me nuts it's like man a team like florida I just really want to see a scrappy team like that win it because that's what it's all about, the Stanley Cup. It really, really is. Like, I don't want to see a team that's been in five years and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, oh, they're the next dynasty. Shoot me in the face right now. <laughs> but, like, yeah. you know, seeing a scrappy team like Florida where the guys who, you know, a bunch of guys who didn't quit, like the Stahl brothers, like, you know, Sergey Bobrovsky, you know, Aaron Ekblad, who came in and the Flyers tried to trade for him and, you know, Carter Verhage, who the hell's Carter Verhage before he started playing here and where well, he played for Tampa? You know what I mean? Like um, uh, Ryan Lomberg, like all these all these different players on here. Anthony Duclair, like it's a scrappy ass team. Ah, shit. And they, they just, just scored. scored. Yep. All right. Yeah. Th- on that yep. note, we got to go here. It is. Enjoy the rest of game two, Scott. We're, that's the time we're recording this. Uh, Danny. Just or Daniel does he, he goes by Daniel Briere now? It's kind of funny. It's kind of weird. It's like but, the Bob and Bobby Clark thing. Bobby Clark is a player. Bob Clark is a GM. Yep. So good luck. We'll see what happens with Carter Hart. I think he stay. I think like I said, less than twenty five percent chance or twenty five percent chance uh, that he's actually moved. So we'll see. But as always, thank you as always for listening. You, this is Orange and Backcheck episode one fifty two, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure you use promo code THPN to sign up when you sign up. Have a good one. We'll talk to you next time. God damn, Vegas gold means shit. <laughs> Let it out, Scott. Let it <laughs>